Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Mary Lesman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Easter is Come, Follow Me. Jesus calls us to follow, and together we turn that call into acts of love. May your Easter season be filled with the love of Christ. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 to 17. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard him, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. When Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were possessed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Here ends the reading. Even with the brief appearance that he makes on the stage of the New Testament, this centurion is one of the most attractive characters in the Gospels. The disciples stumble and fumble all over themselves in their lack of understanding of who Jesus is. Jesus' family members think he might be crazy. But this Gentile Roman centurion shows such faith that Jesus declares that he will get front row seating at the table of the heavenly banquet. William Barclay explains that centurions were the career soldiers of the Roman army. They led a regiment of a hundred men, thus the name centurion. A Greek historian of the time notes, Centurions must be steady in action, reliable, and not over-anxious. They must not seek danger, but be ready to hold their ground and, if necessary, die at their post. The centurions were widely considered the finest men in the Roman army. And this is consistent with the biblical witness. Every centurion mentioned in the New Testament is spoken of with honor. There was a centurion who recognized Jesus on the cross as the Son of God. There was Cornelius, the first Gentile convert to the Christian church. On several occasions, centurions are instrumental in saving Paul's life. And even the centurion accompanying Paul on his last journey to Rome treats Paul with every courtesy and accepts him as a leader when the storm strikes the ship and imperils the sailors' lives. But there is something even more special about this centurion who approaches Jesus with a request. 
and that is his attitude toward his slave. The NRSV has translated this word servant, perhaps because the word slave is so loaded and triggering. But the Greek form used here is doulos, which is commonly translated as slave. Regardless, what the term describes is one who is in servitude to a master. In Jesus' day, such a servant slave was under the complete authority of his master. Slaves did not matter. They were seen as expendable. And if one became unproductive due to diminished health or age, it was common practice to toss them out or sell them cheap, just as you would an old piece of farming equipment that was rusted out and no longer able to fulfill its purpose. In fact, a thing, a possession, a non-person was exactly how slaves were viewed. And as such, a master could treat a slave in whatever manner they chose, with impunity. And so it is quite obvious that this centurion is an extraordinary man because clearly he loves his slave. He is personally distressed at the deterioration of his slave's health. He seeks out any source of cure, no matter how unlikely it might be. He sets aside his normal priorities so that he might walk the countryside to find any who might provide healing. Further, this was a man capable of great humility. He is a leader of men in the Roman army, and yet he's willing to approach an itinerant Jewish preacher to ask for help. He not only opens himself in vulnerability to Jesus, but he addresses him as Lord to emphasize his respect for him. And finally, he puts himself in Jesus' place, respecting the tenets of his Jewish religious tradition. According to Jewish law, a Jew could not enter the house of a Gentile because all Gentile dwellings were unclean. And so he couches his request for healing in a way that allows Jesus to intervene without asking him to disregard his own belief system. I wonder if Jesus was able to see all of this in the man as he first approached him. I wonder if the centurion's steadfastness, his affection, his loyalty, his humility, and his respect and thoughtfulness were so much a part of who he was that it covered him, that it emanated from his eyes and his voice and his mannerisms and his heart. Perhaps it was all of this that caused Jesus to say, truly I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. What Jesus drives home is that it is not our religious pedigree that gets us a seat at the kingdom banquet table. It is our faith. It wasn't the religiously credentialed that provided the highest example of faith. It was an outsider. We are to embody all of the traits that Jesus saw in this centurion, love, loyalty, humility, and respect. And when we do so, we too will know the joy of joining God in the heavenly banquet. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Amen.